Hello everybody out in the whole world here out of beautiful Copenhagen for our quarter one 2017 report of our company FL Schmidt. What are the key highlights? It was a good start of the year. Strong growth in service activities, actually the highest quarterly order intake since 2013. A strong EBITDA improvement as a result of the corrective actions, what we implemented mid-end of last year and ongoing pricing pressure in cement and low capex spend in the mining industry. The guidance for 2017 stays unchanged. Before we go into the financial figures, we always have some special KPI special highlights, which is very important for our employees, for us, for our customers, and of course for our shareholders too. The safety performance this quarter is 1.2 on the LTIFR, again an improvement versus the year 2016. When you look on the slide, then you see that we have a tremendous, fantastic improvement in since 2012 in the safety performance throughout a time where cement as well as mining is in a recession. Great performance. The other the next slide, the other part is we are actually quite proud to announce, to show to the market which kind of milestone inventions we bring into the industries where we act. This time, it's a dip tube material for the preheater cyclone. It's important to know that the preheater actually is operated at a temperature of roughly 900 degrees. With that new dip tube material, we are able to go up to 1100 degrees. With that, we get more resistance against wear as well as a better operational setup. We can play with the temperatures better. So service lifetime is up to four times better than before. We can reduce power consumption between four and eight percent and in total increase production by one to two percent. It's another milestone of our inventions to prove our leading function and position in productivity enhancement. Now into the figures. The revenue for quarter one here divided on the left side by the two industries we act in. In the quarter one, we had 53% of our total business activities coming out of minerals with a EBITDA, with a very good EBITDA margin of 10.2% on the quarter one. In salmon, we improved versus the year 2016 on 5.7%. We know and we communicate that cement is especially on capital efficiency, a very good business for us. On the right side, you see the split between capital and service business and really shows that we are in cement coming slightly out and in mining still are at the trough. We have more than 60%, exactly 61% of our business out of service. If we then look into the market, let us start with the mineral processing part. Yes, there is definitely more optimism out in the market, but this has yet not translated into increasing capex spend of our mining customers in the year 2017, and we don't see that coming. We stick to that, what we already said in the second half of 2015, that we believe a positive momentum will start end of 17, beginning of 18. On the other side, the OPEX spend is fairly good and fairly high, and that is related with high product production rates 
on more or less all minerals around the world. Most of the interest lies in gold and copper, but also coal, lithium, fertilizer and some other commodities are performing with quite a high or relatively high interest. Customers' primarily focus is definitely on productivity improvement. Now looking into the cement industry, cement stays, as we call it, cautiously optimistic on investments in new capacity. What does it mean? We have areas in the world which are overperforming and adding new capacity, like Philippines and so on. But, of course, quite a lot of countries not investing. What we see is that in the cement industry is an intense competition which keeps pricing as well with that margins under pressure. But we have quite a good, the same like in minerals, OPEX-related spend based on, of course, local or from a geography point of view, um, limited amount of high production rates. There, the focus is on productivity and partly on capacity increase too. Then to the financial figures. You see here on the left side the order intake since quarter one, quarter by quarter, since quarter one 2015. And it's obvious that the quarter 2017 is the highest. It's actually for several years since 2013, since I onboarded the highest order intake in a quarter. What we, of course, like to see is that our um, non-large orders related order intake is throughout the time quite stable, which is good uh, from the setup and how we perceived in the market. If we then look into the different divisions on the right side of the slide, you see that all divisions besides cement had a significant increase in order intake. In cement, it's a minus 17%, but that is related to a very large order, what we were awarded in Q1 2016. But when you see the total order intake in cement, it's still quite satisfying. If we then look on the next slide in our service, service is an indicator how you are perceived and how you act and how you are positioned in the industries where we act. And this shows clearly a leading position of our company, Effel Schmidt, in productivity leading offerings into cement as well as into mining. When you see on the left side, since quarter one, 2015, you see that since quarter one, 2016, we have an increasing order intake in service. I have to give you a note that, of course, it never can only grow. It is a bumpy road, and you have the best example and proof for it on the right side when you look into the revenue goes up and down, and that's the normal nature, that's the normal seasonality what we have in this uh, cement and mining industry for all the aftermarket businesses. But overall, a very good, a great result. With that, I would like to give to Lars our CFO. <clears throat> Thank you, Thomas. Um, we were off to a very good start in, uh, in 2017 uh, on the back of a very weak start in 2016, so when you look through these numbers, remember that uh, the comparison numbers are uh, unusually weak. Um, the, us uh, the weak start to 2016 led to the corrective actions, uh, which you will see throughout uh, the numbers. Uh, quite a lot of impact uh, as, you, as you look into the details. Uh, the other thing you will notice is the operating leverage, where when you, we get a little bit more revenue, it, uh, it's quite visible on the EBITDA margin line. 
Um, it's also important to note that we are not out of uh, all challenges yet. Uh, so um, it's important not to, uh, to uh, extend the current trend too much uh, into the future. But if we, if we start with uh, the numbers, then uh, on a gross margin uh, level, um, we, uh, we held the margins in, uh, in two of the four divisions, uh, where in minerals it was uh, slightly down. However, if you look at the pre uh, pressure you have on, uh, on minerals in terms of order intakes, this is a very strong result that you can keep your margins uh, this high uh, with the low number of orders we have. If you then look at, uh, at cement, this is where we have had uh, pricing pressure for quite a while as we communicated. Uh, we're down 7.8% on the margin, um, and that is uh, uh, a result out of the intense competition there is uh, in, uh, in the cement uh, division. Um, if we look at uh, the, the cost line, uh, this is uh, where you can really see the impact of our, of our corrective actions. Uh, if you look at uh, the SGNA, it's down 8% year on year. If you uh, take out the impact from currency, uh, the administrative cost is down 49%, and then we increased our sales cost uh, by 1 million. Uh, so uh, a strong uh, impact from the corrective actions in the SGNA cost, which is now down uh, at the lowest level it's been for, for many years. If you look into the EBITDA line, uh, we went from 6.5% uh, last year to 8.5% this year. Uh, it's worth uh, noticing that we have had uh, very few one-offs in the first quarter of 2017. Uh, if we look at the bridge, um, it's clear that our gross margin went down uh, from last year to this year. Uh, the impact comes uh, to a very large extent out of uh, the cement division. Um, uh, the other impact you can see is that our cost level went down, which improves the EBITDA a little bit. And then you see the impact from, uh, from operating leverage, where 169 million comes from uh, the increase we've had in revenue. And all that leads to a EBITDA of 372 uh, million in the first quarter of 17. If you look at the, the PNL, uh, order intake increased by uh, by five percent, revenue 16 percent, EBITDA 51. Uh, the profit for the group was up 121 percent. Um, so all uh, all good numbers, and it's clear that <coughs> the operating leverage is uh, helping us a lot when when revenue grows uh, uh, <coughs> as it did in uh, in the first quarter. You can also see that on the uh, number of employees, we're down seven percent. Um, which is, of course, a result out of the corrective actions program. <clears throat> when we look at, uh, at working capital, um, this follows so like the, the normal seasonality we have in some projects. Um, we had a very strong end to last year, which, of course, increased the trade receivables, and they are now coming down in, in the first quarter, and the opposite effect we have on, on trade payables. But all in all, a slight increase in the first quarter. Um, Working capital will be a little bit bumpy this year. We expect an increase in, uh, in the first half of the year and then uh, a, a gradual increase, a decrease again, so we end up with a, a small improvement on, on the full year. If you look at the, the cash flow statement, um, the first line, the, uh, the EBITDA line, uh, is up 125 million, uh, 35 million, uh, and that is what cascades all the way through, down through the CFFO. Uh, we have a, a little bit higher increase in working capital than, than last year. On the other hand, we used less provisions. But all in all, um, positive first class flow in the, in the first quarter. 
If you look at our capital structure, uh, the equity ratio went up to 36%, and the net debt to EBITDA went down to 1.4%. Um, it is uh, sorry to 1.4. It is important to note that we uh, just after the quarter and uh, ended paid out the dividends, so that went up uh, just shortly after we we ended the quarter. <clears throat> our return on Clapperton Point uh, went from 9.2 to 9.4. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, the conclusion of the numbers for the first quarter. So, when I then look, when we look then into management agenda, it's of course for a CFO and for a CEO uh, easier to explain a quarter if all the KPIs, as we list since quarters, are green and going in the right direction, as we have it this quarter. Um, but there's more than only showing these figures. It means that we all the initiatives, what we took to generate cash, to get uh, networking capital under control, EBIT, order intake leverage, LTIFR safety is performing in the right direction, which is a, only brings from my side a big thank you into our organization. Well done, guys. One part we have here is the DIFOD, the delivery in full on time. It measures actually our activity indexed, our activity level, how we perform versus our customers. And I can tell you, this is going to an 88, coming from an 84-ish last year, is already in quarter one, a very good result and a very good achievement, especially with the high aftermarket content, what we have in the quarter one. But most important for us as the top management is to look ahead. It's a cyclical, or we are in cyclical industries and there's no excuse not to be prepared for what happens next. And we are since years promoting the enhancing productivity agenda and that pays off, as I said, in that webcast already, the best visible in the total service activities. Our procurement optimization, which requests of course, investments too will come over the year in 2017 based on the corrective actions program. But of course, it's an ongoing for the future significant improvement. Another part is big data, digitalization, Internet of Things, industrialization 4.0. There are quite a lot of words. We are in that kind of business already since the 60s of the last century with the business, what we call automation, and having a very strong position in cement and partly in mining too. We have a partnership there. We intensify the work. We invest a lot. This is a big area for the future. It's not a project. It's the way of working for the whole future in front of us. Last but not least, as Lars showed on the SGNA slide, for example, we are still investing into our people. We still invest into more salespeople, more sales officers to be closer and getting the highest competencies to our customers where we need that. That's very important for us. Out of that, I would like to go into the group guidance. We keep the group guidance unchanged. And it's important to, to note here that, uh, as last said, in quarter one, there were more or less no one-offs in. And in the group guidance is calculated in 200 million of one-offs of the corrective actions program, which is already well up and running. 
One thing in our own uh, yeah, near future is, of course, uh, to announce again here the Capital Market Day. It will happen on the 21st of June between 11 and 1600 in beautiful Welby here in Denmark, very close to our premises. The theme is growth through productivity. We are prepared, we are positioned, we are already looking into that significantly and as a productivity provider number one, this is a theme which is very important for the next up cycle which is in front of us. To summarize, key highlights, we had a very strong growth in service activities. We had the highest quarterly order intake since 2013. The EBITDA improvement is good. It's a result predominantly out of the corrective actions and the leverage what we get out of it. We have still the pricing pressure in cement and low capex spend for the year 2017 in the mining part. And with that, I would like to give to the speaker for the Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for the speakers, please press zero one on your telephone keypad and you'll enter a queue. After you're announced, please ask the first question. Please hold until we have the first question. And our first question comes from Jonathan Hanks from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Lars. Um, just one question on the services, which are clearly very strong this quarter. Just wondering, was this pretty broad-based, or was it any specific commodity or region? Uh, and then just following on from that, have you seen any kind of bigger refurb orders come through, or is it mainly kind of uh, stronger spare parts? Thank you very much for the question. The, what we saw, especially directly at the start of the year, we, had, we got more refurbishment orders, and that's um, in mining as well as in cement. Both industries perform very well on, on the aftermarket part. So refurbishment definitely dropped in. On the other side, you know that we are predominantly in the parts business, which performs very well, which performed very well too in the quarter one. Important to say is that our investment in organic growth in wear parts is paying off more and more. That is an area where we get scale into the company, which we think is very fortunate and fulfilling our demand into the organization to provide the best possible productivity improvement. Oh, thank you. And then just, just one more. I'm just wondering, are you able to kind of quantify the savings impact that you had in the quarter year on year? Yeah, I mean, you can uh, from the SGNA slide, you can uh, you can quite clearly see that uh, what the impact is on the SGNA line uh, in the first quarter. Um, when it comes into uh, another line, which is not so visible for for the outside world, is uh, in gross margin. You can see that there is a, a strong improvement in uh, in less underabsorption. Um, and actually, if we when we look through all the numbers, we have more or less uh, uh, 100 million in the first quarter numbers from uh, from the corrective actions program. Um, some of the procurement savings will be coming into the numbers as we go through the year, um, as, of course, the, the lower purchase price needs to go into the the, the projects that we that we execute. Uh, so the majority is in the first quarter, and uh, a little bit more will come in, uh, in gross margin in the remainder of the year. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Faso Ahmed from SCB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. 
Yeah, hi Thomas and Lars, it's uh, Faso here from SEB. Um, a few questions on, on my side also. Uh, firstly, on uh, service, um, can you uh, please comment on the inquiry levels uh, going into April and, uh, April and May, if they have continued on the same kind of level as, as in Q1, and uh, to what extent, if any, um, the lower commodity prices is, is having on inquiry levels? That's my first question, please. Yeah, um, very good question. Um, we see that uh, the year started very strong in service, and um, as I said, it's a bumpy road. In service, uh, vacation times always have an impact, and uh, April is, a, is the Easter month, and that, of course, has an impact. So we have, in all times, um, in the last few years, of course, a fluctuation, uh, which means lower in the, in the April part, uh, which is normal. Uh, the impact from a lower commodity price will take time if that um, would go down more. Um, if it stabilizes, we think it's actually a co uh, okayish level. We are not concerned about that uh, at all. But as I said in the presentation, to believe that we can grow the service activities in a pace as we did it in the last few quarters is unrealistic. Um, that's that's very clear, uh, Thomas. And another question related uh, to to uh, your service business um, and guidance. As far as I remember, when you provided your full year guidance, you were um, you were implicitly assuming a stable um, aftermarket business. And now it seems like like uh, at least in Q1, you've seen some growth, and then then you seem fairly optimistic also for, for the remainder of the year. Um, so how, how does this impact your guidance? That's my question, really. The, um, yes, we, we said that. And it was, of course, for the full year where you have a bumpy road. Some months, maybe quarter, higher, some lower. That is what we normally see in, in, in service. Uh, that we had now three quarters in a row in increasing service activity for us is, of course, very positive, but we have to be realistic. What the market can deliver, what the market can work out, and there we see not that pace. So we keep the same message as we kept end of last year. It will be a stable business throughout the year. Okay. So, so implicitly, Thomas, you are actually... Um indicating that growth rates in the service business will be coming down substantially from the Q1 level? No, it's not about substantially. It's more about how it fluctuates. If you look into the slide, what we had here in the webcast, you see that the revenue drops indifferently than the order intake. So, And uh, what drops to our bottom line is, of course, that what comes out of the revenue. And when you look into that, you see it's a bumpy road. It goes up and down. I understand that's the reason why I was quite direct uh, when you see the order intake growth rate, what we run now, um, that you can get very enthusiastic how it will look further and further. But of course, um, there is a, uh, how to say, leveling out, there's a balancing in the order intake too. I would not call that uh, a reduction in, in, in order intake, but a stabilizing on a good level. That's, that's very clear, Thomas. And then just one final question. Um, contribution margins on uh, the order intake you have uh, booked in Q1, does, uh, that, does that materially differ from uh, the order intake which you took during um, 16? 
<clears throat> if we look at uh, at the four divisions, then uh, there is no significant change in uh, in any direction on on the margins on the orders uh, that we take. Um, of course, uh, cement where we took some uh, some uh, some very low margin orders uh, last year that remains low. Uh, of course, we're working very hard to uh, to execute them better than what we have taken them on, uh, but that is. Uh, that is difficult, but all in all, I think across the piece, uh, no significant change in any direction on on what the margin is on the orders we take. Thanks, thanks, Thomas, and uh, Lars. Thank you. That's all from my side. Thank you. Our next question comes from Andrew Wilson from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, uh, afternoon, everyone. Um, just one question for me, please. Um, when we look at the, uh, the assumptions on the pricing in the backlog or the margins in the backlog in cement, has there been any change since the start of the year in terms of, of what you're thinking of sort of how that develops through this year? We are uh, currently executing uh, some margins with, uh, with very low mar- uh, margins in them. Um, when you look at the total backlog, there is a, a mix of... Uh, of uh, of, of course, different projects with different margins. Um, we believe that we are now executing the orders that have uh, the lowest margin. Uh, but, of course, it will be uh, not dramatic changes in any direction as we go through the year. Maybe if I can add, the, uh, we have, of course, the corrective actions. What we implemented uh, mid-end of last year was clearly to counteract on that. Uh, one part was to counteract the pricing pressure in cement. Maybe if I can just kind of just ask one sort of follow-up, I guess, to that last comment is, given obviously the momentum we've seen in bits of the business, and I think we would expect the operational leverage to be to be pretty good as we as we kind of see these early volumes coming through. Is there any need to be adding sort of additional costs back into the business in any areas? I mean, I've sort of been under the impression that you were quite disciplined in terms of retaining capability in engineering and things. So, kind of hoping there isn't a lot of cost to come back in. But could you just? Sort of give us an idea of how you see that, please. Yeah, in general, as far as I understood the question here, the, um, we look very detailed, proactively in the future, how, uh, how much work and labor we will have and how much we can carry on in a time frame. That's our bread and butter since more than 100 years. And we invest ongoing into new competences and into existing competences in our own people to lift up competences or to to spread that competence level. So we do a lot from that reinvestment already. What we see is that we are well meant for everything what we have in front of us and we are not seeing any constraint or any concern um, regarding uh, ability and, and working things through. So we are actually quite well positioned. And one example is uh, what we said before. Uh, yes, we reduced quite significantly the administration cost, but at the same time, we invested quite a lot into sales cost, which means new salespeople, new sales setup, and sales support. And uh, that is the preparation for what we call uh, preparing for an upturn. That's very clear, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Christian Johansson from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, thank you. So first question is on, on the cement market where you state you don't see um, 
any change to, to the market for new capacity yet. We have seen quite a decent flow of, uh, of cement orders being announced. So can you just elaborate a bit on why you're not a little bit more optimistic considering the, the amount of orders uh, you have announced? Yeah, I'm uh, actually having that nickname Darth Vader in the industry. Maybe that is one of the reasons. No, to be uh, to be serious, the, um, we have to be realistic here. We measure, of course, in the premium segment uh, how many orders are available and how what our hit rate is. And the total amount of available orders is very low. We have a very good run as Effel Schmidt. I can say that we have a very good run from that. But of course, when you have that mismatch between uh, the premium suppliers, then the ones who would like to have more orders, then at the end they fight on the pricing part. That is that is the normal regulation in the market. And we should not forget one thing in the cement industry. The boom was over end of 2008. That means nine years ago. All the pockets are empty from the orders, what, we, what the industry got before end of 2008. So now it's a real fight outside. And, of course, customers are taking the advantage out of that. And that is what we see in the figures. And maybe just to add a little bit, uh, as, as I mentioned before, the procurement savings have not uh, yet given that big an impact in, in the first quarter results. And, of course, we are working extremely hard to improve profitability on what we have already taken into our backlog. Um, and that is, of course, what we uh, are hoping we can get some of that in the, in the remainder of the year. And in terms of, of what you're currently trying to win, I mean, have you become more c- critical on, on the prices you're willing to accept now that, that you have already seen quite a good start to the year? The, um, we think more like that, um, and customers too, uh, to get the best offering, what, what they demand. That's, that's priority number one, to serve the customer. That's very important. Then, of course, you come into into a position where you are number one. But um, if then other companies supplying in, in the premium area are dropping prices significantly, then of course you are coming into that uh, downward spiral too. No matter that we look and try to manage our uh, margin level very sophisticated towards the customer as well as with what we have in the corrective actions, procurement, for example, getting our internal cost on it down. But that's normal. I have to say it like that. It is normal in such a time, after such a long time of recession and relatively limited amount of orders available, that you have that pricing pressure situation on that kind of project. Okay, that, that, that's quite clear. Um, my second and last question here is on the 200 million in, in one-off costs related to the corrective actions. As, as I understand it, there were none in, in Q1. Uh, can you just help us a bit on how this will be distributed over the coming three quarters? Yeah, I mean, the, these, uh, these uh, will be bumpy. Uh, I think for a model, I would put them in evenly over the remainder of the year. Um, and when it comes to the benefit as uh, of uh, the one-offs, then uh, as Tom mentioned, we will be reallocating and focusing uh, on really building the capabilities for the future. So, uh, so there will not be a lot of incremental EBITDA impact from the remainder of the one-off costs, but they will be reallocated into a stronger sales force and, uh, and making certain we have the capabilities on board for the future. Okay, that is uh, very clear. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Our next question comes from Lars Poppen from Carnegie. Please uh, hold your line. now open. Uh, yes, congrats with uh, good numbers. Just uh, a couple of questions on my side. Uh, both materials handling and the process of selling that, how is it going and when will something happen? And secondly, any news on the ROL technology and uh, the time frame of establishing the test facility and when you can commercialize it? Thanks. Yep. Let me start with the uh, bulk material handling business. We are in the middle of the sales process. That's, that is what we can say. We are in the middle of the process, really, really deep in the mid. More I can't actually disclose on it. Um, if it comes to the um, ROL, we have a capital market day in June, and then we will give significant more information about the ROL. There is a significant increased interest in that uh, technology throughout the mining industry, actually outside mining industry a little bit too. But it's very early stage, and we are working on getting the pilot plants up and running and to prove not only in batch tests, in an ongoing test, that this system works. Of course, in the batch test, it works already. But June, we will come with more with the capital market. Thank you. Our next question comes from Andrew Carlson from ABG. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, thank you for taking my questions. Um, one relating to guidance and, and, and say why you say you haven't uh, adjusted it given the, the, the strong results you've shown now for two quarters. Uh, could you just elaborate some more about the bumpiness or what is it that say, causes you to, to, to be hesitant on that part? And then my second question is related to, say, the, the profitability improvement we've seen in, in the various divisions. Last, you said something about the 200 not having a, a significant improvement on EBITAC. Is it fair to assume that the, the margins that you're reporting in customer services and, and product companies is sustainable and won't be impacted by the, by the one-offs? Thank you. Um, so uh, when it comes to uh, the, uh, the corrective actions, um, I mean, the, the full-year effect we have from that is, is 500 million. Uh, and in the first quarter, we believe we've had uh, roughly 100 million, 50 of them uh, on the SGNA line, and uh, 50 million uh, in uh, in uh, what you can say gross margin, where it has reduced underabsorption in uh, in some of the business units. Um, so it, of course, has an EBITDA impact in terms of uh, the alternative would have been uh, substantially lower. Um, so I, I I think that was uh, the question you had. Yeah, the other part was with the guidance, yeah. why we are not changing the guidance. Yeah. Um, at first, when we made the guidance, we were already in the second half of uh, 2016, where we saw quite a good momentum in the second half versus the first half. So that knowledge we had when we made the guidance. Second, um, yes, it is a strong start of the year, but it appears stronger than it actually is because of a very weak quarter one 2016. Plus, it appears stronger because there's a lot of positive talk, especially in the mining industry, but yet not really coming into capex spend. So when you see that from a macroeconomic point of view, um, then you have to be cautious. And then, of course, we see throughout the year 17 a bumpy road in service business too, as we predicted it, as we guided for it. That's altogether 
is not giving us an indication to change the guidance. And remember, there will be 200 million of one-offs uh, in the numbers for the remainder of the year. Yes. But, but can I just follow up on the services? I believe the Q1 is, say, the low point of the year. Shouldn't you expect this to say this improvement to continue throughout the, the year, ending with, say, with the recovery that you have in your guidance, that, that 17 and 17 or start 18, you'll see the recovery within equipment. So I'm just kind of, if this is the low point of the year and everything is going to improve towards the end where you see the recovery in equipment, isn't, then, isn't that a mismatch with your guidance then? Yeah, uh, when you see it from from the point that you think that the quarter one is always the low point in all areas, then I would agree. But that's not the case. We we have to go several years back to see how order intake revenue, how the business uh, behaves, not only the last two years. So it is what we see uh, a good start. The year looks stable, but we are not enthusiastic. I have to say that. It would be wrong now with these market conditions, what we see, with the business behavior, what we see, to create expectation where the risk would be higher that we can't fulfill it. And last but not least, we saw that already when we made the budget, this uh, good start and so on. Yes, nice, but we saw how the year moves uh, 2017. We were very explicit regarding capex spend, regarding pricing pressure, that all created the corrective actions. So I like to hear optimism, but I like to see more that it really drops to the bottom line, and that has to get proven first. Okay, excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Our next question comes from Peter Murdoch from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, hi there, Thomas. Uh, three questions, if I may. Can I just start on um, on pricing in services? Can you just comment on whether that's changed much um, from from this quarter compared to the second half of last year? Yes. The, um, when you look into the pricing of services, we are predominantly in parts business, which is less under pricing pressure than where parts or consumables. But we have the refurbishment business, which are bigger investments. And if they are bigger investments, you have more competition in it, um, where pricing pressure is a little bit in. So we have on one side a positive effect by having relatively high part sales. On the other side, we get, of course, a refurbishment business in, which is not always on the same profitability level as the parts. So you have quite a balance and that explains a little bit the swing in the cross margin and the contribution margin for the service business. But that's normal. Nothing, nothing extremely good, nothing bad. That's absolutely normal. Okay, that, that makes sense. And then in, in minerals, um, and Thomas, the, the report, it sounds, you sound a bit more optimistic on the outlook for that business. And for, I think, for equipment, it sounds a bit better, but you don't want to call anything before 2018. Can you just explain your thoughts behind that? Um, do you think you could be surprised by that in 20, at the end of 2017? I make it like that. In uh, Growth of 68% sounds fantastic. Mm. Minerals division. But 68% on a very low level is still not fantastic. And that is, that is the thing what we have to see from the figures. The second thing is it's definitely true. We have significant more customer contact. There is significant more interest to invest in the future in CapEx, in mining. I was myself, for example, on the crew, which is the big um, um, copper event in Santiago de Chile. And it was fantastic, positive. That was such a motivating thing. 
But the message was clear. Guys, you are not getting anything this year. So that's the situation. We have a positive momentum out in the market. But it will take time until that drops into our books. Another example and a very good proof is I'm very happy to see that uh, two of our peers, uh, the Swedish ones, Atlas as well, Atlas Copco, as well as Sandvik, are showing actually quite good results. And that is very promising for us because they are from an investment cycle, one, one and a half, partly two years ahead of us. I would be concerned if they would show negative figures, but they show very positive figures, which shows for 2018 onwards, we will see an improvement in investment for CapEx into our area too. Okay, perfect. And then, um, sorry, just the last one, just on cement. Can I just c c clear up the comments? Sorry. On the orders that you've uh, booked this quarter, it, uh, is the pricing on those orders better than what it was in the pricing that you're executing on now? That's what I just want to understand. And the, and the answer to that is no. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We have a follow-up question from Sasa Ahmed from SEB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. Uh, this is Basil here again. Um, my follow-up question regarding uh, the $100 million in cost savings which you um, booked in Q1. Um, what is the divisional distribution of those uh, savings, if you could help, uh, help us out a bit on, on that, please? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think we want to really give in uh, details on where they hit uh, in the divisions because they are they are impacting all four divisions. Quite a lot of the SGNA savings are on uh, on what you can say group cost, which uh, impacts the, the four divisions, on country cost, which impact the four divisions, uh, and then of course you have something in gross margin. But we're not going to give details on uh, what divisions they hit. The incremental cost savings which will be coming uh, during the coming quarters, will the divisional distribution change compared to Q1? If you could help us out on that. Um, no, I think it would be uh, uh, more or less the same. I mean, it's it's clear that we are focusing extremely hard on, uh, on cement to get the margins up there. Um, but of course, if we can get cost savings in other areas, then we will go for those two. But um, so uh, you will get a little bit everywhere um, is the amount of information we're willing to give. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And as another reminder, if you do wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad now. Okay, there appears to be no further questions. I return the conference to you. Okay, then I would say. I uh, would like to say thank you very much for all the people around the world listening into the webcast. And uh, I wish you all the best and a safe trip. Thanks a lot and hope to see you soon on our Capital Market Day. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, do.